Hey everybody, welcome to our third episode of Preserving Pentecost. And today we have a special treat for you. Uh, We hope that you enjoyed uh, last week's episode where Pastor Darrell brought us a wonderful teaching uh, on the gifts and how they don't return. When God gives them, they're given. Uh, Today, to start things off, we've got our oldest son with us, Josiah. Say hi to the people, Josiah. Hi. And he wants to sing a song. Uh, Before he does that, I want to tell you a little something about Josiah. So, um, one, uh, both of our kids are miracles. We weren't supposed to be able to have children. And God moved and he saw fit to uh, bless us with two wonderful boys. And Josiah has such a desire for the Lord. Um, It's uh, it's amazing. We, We got to see him slain under the power of the Holy Ghost. And just a few weeks ago, we were preaching in New Bern, North Carolina, and Josiah wanted prayer. He said he wanted the Holy Ghost, and so he goes up for prayer, and he starts shaking and trembling, and tears were crying, were coming out of his eyes, and uh, the minister laid hands on him, and he began to speak in tongues, uh, and that place went crazy, and then he took off running. So he received the baptism, the full baptism of the Holy Ghost, just a few weeks ago. Uh, so you want to talk about that for a minute? I'm gonna sing. You, you want to sing? What did you think about when you got the Holy Ghost? I feel like God was in my heart, and I feel like everything was in my heart. I feel like everything was in my heart. Sit up here so they can hear you. Jesus, hear me, hear me in my heart. Jesus heard you in your heart. That's awesome. You got the Holy Ghost, huh? Yeah. All right. Did it make you cry? Yeah. Do you remember what it felt like? It felt like God was saying to me, you got to be good and silly. You got to be good? I think that's good advice. I think God's telling you to be good. All right, you want to sing on my song? Okay. So Josiah wants to share a song with everybody today. Uh, so we are we're going to let him go ahead and sing you a song of his choice whatever he wants to sing you go ahead and sing okay you ready go ahead go ahead that's okay Holy Ghost and fire, shut up in my bones. Holy Ghost and fire, shut up in my bones. Holy Ghost and fire, shut up in my bones. Holy Ghost and fire, shut up in my bones. Holy Ghost and fire, shut up in my bones. Holy Ghost and fire, shut up in my bones. Good job. You want to sing too? Well, come here. Judah has decided that he now wants a turn to sing, so he's gonna he's gonna come and and sing just for for a, a minute, and we'll get on into. Uh, today's uh, topic. Uh, we also have. We also here. Scoot over. There we go. All right, Judah, you ready? Go ahead. Sing. Sing.
Is that it? Good job. <laughs> I'm not sure what song that was, but it sounded good, right? That was wonderful, wonderful to uh, to get to experience. I'm so uh, happy and excited that we have uh, children who have a desire to uh, be pleasing to God. And uh, so today, what we're going to be talking about is releasing the dove. Now, if you know anything about Scripture then you know that the dove symbolizes the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible tells us that when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan, that the Holy Spirit descended and rests on him in the form of a dove. So that's why, uh, actually, I, I, our title, our picture screen, our title screen, uh, our logo, I guess, for the podcast is actually a dove. Uh, because it's a symbol of the Holy Ghost, a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so today we're going to be talking all about releasing the dove. So our, our scripture from today is going to come out of Matthew chapter 21, starting at verse 10. It says, And when he was come into Jerusalem, this is talking about Jesus, when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? Now you have to understand that this word moved uh, is actually... If you go back to the Greek and, and uh, you get back into the uh, uh, the actual um, word that is translated here, uh, you'll find out that this word moved, uh, it comes from sios, which is uh, the same place where we get our word seismic um, for earthquakes. So uh, this moved actually can mean a shaking. Uh, so all the city was moved or shaken and they began to say, who is this? And all the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Verse 12 says, And when Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves, and he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. When the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things he did and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna, the son of David, they were sore displeased. They were upset. Verse 16 says, And they said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. Father, we ask you to just uh, give us understanding today, allow your word to come forth with power, uh, with authority, God, that we could take hold, that, that you would help us to rightly divide this word of truth. Uh, God, we thank you that it's by your grace and your mercy that we are even able uh, to stand in your presence uh, and, and to deliver your word. Amen. So uh, what we see here is that Jesus is entering into Jerusalem, and the very first thing that happens is the city takes notice. It begins to shake. The city, the city is moved. The people know that there is something different about Jesus and they want to know what is going on. They say, who is this? They get so intrigued. They, they, they get so intrigued. They want to know who Jesus is. They want to know what's going on. Uh, what's, what's so different about this guy? And then 
It says that the multitude actually uh, responds and they, they tell him, they say, this is Jesus, the prophet of, prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And the first place Jesus goes to when he enters into the city is the temple of God. And he begins to cast out all of those who were selling uh, and, and buying in the temple. And he overthrows the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. Uh, so what you have to understand here is what's going on. Instead of people uh, bringing their, their sacrifice in, uh, in to, to make sacrifice unto God, the, uh, the, the religious leaders uh, had, had sort of uh, organized religion now. They were, they were uh, uh, selling the sacrifices directly in the temple, uh, and, and people would come and they would be able to... Uh, uh, just purchase their sacrifice right there instead of having to uh, bring their own sacrifice in. And and uh, so what they were doing is they were, they were making a perversion of the temple and it was time for a cleansing to take place. Jesus went to the temple first because he he knew that that there was a corruption going on, that there was a a perversion in the house of the Lord and he went to change it. And, and, and there was a shaking going on within the city. And the very first place that gets hit is the temple of God. The Bible tells us that judgment begins where? In the house of the Lord. And, and I believe that's because there, there is a time we have entered into where people have, have begun uh, tying themselves up with this organized religion. Uh, where they've been selling... <laughs> selling the doves, uh, and, and making, uh, making what man says, uh, they've been taking what man says and saying it's what God has said. Uh, but so, so here at this time, what's happening is, is, you know, uh, the sacrifice is being controlled by man instead of people being able to just bring, bring in their sacrifice and, and, and actually, uh, make sacrifice into God. Now they're entering into the temple, and it was more like a festival, like a, uh, 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 you know, it's like the market had been shifted inside the building, and and uh, you got animals everywhere, you got money exchanging going on, and uh, it more like a, a a public bazaar. And so Jesus comes in, and he begins to to speak uh, to those who who he is running out. He's flipping their tables over. He, he's releasing the animals and he begins to speak. And and uh, what he's doing is is he is referring back to, uh, in the book of Isaiah, I believe it's around the 56th chapter. Uh, it, it might even be in Jeremiah uh, around the 7th chapter as well. Uh, but what he begins to do is tell him, he says, it's written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. How have they made it a den of thieves? Because now they were robbing not only the people, but also robbing God. So now we'll get back to this in just a second, but I want to read something real quick out of the book of 2 Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Um, this is talking about perilous times that, that uh, are coming uh, Paul's writing to Timothy and he's letting them know that these times are coming. And I believe we are seeing these times now. And you're going to understand this as we begin to read uh, because it's going to seem so familiar to you. It'll sound like we're talking about today. Uh, but Paul says this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, 
boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, uh, that covet, covetous word, uh, that means lovers of money. Uh, verse 3 says, without natural affection, without natural affection, think about that. They're, they're, they're not going after what God has made natural, but now they're going after what is unnatural. Uh, God created a man and a woman uh, to be married together as one. Uh, but today we see so much perversion of what uh, God created as natural. And, and we see uh, men with men and women with women and people with inanimate objects and bestiality and all sorts of uh, uh, just disgusting perversion and, and things that's going uh, uh, rampant throughout the world. But he says, without natural affection, truce breakers. Think about that. Truce breakers. People who, they'll tell you one thing and they'll turn around and do another. False accusers, slanderers, rumor talkers, you know, people that like to, to stir the pot. Incontinent. Without self-control. They, 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 they just, they, they can't contain themselves anymore. Uh, fierce. And that, this word fierce can also mean brutal. Uh, uh, so uh, violent. Uh, despisers of those that are good. I don't even have to tell you what that means. Uh, verse 4 says, traitors, uh, uh, heady, reckless, uh, haughty, or high-minded, haughty, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away by diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Wow. I'm, I'm going to stop right there. So what we're seeing here in Second Timothy, Paul is telling us exactly what we are seeing today. Uh, so many who who are lovers of themselves, they 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 can't they don't know what the truth is anymore because they can't they can't hold on to the truth. They they're constantly running from it. Uh, they, you can't trust anybody's word anymore. Uh, I can remember growing up. One of the things my papa taught me was that you know your word is your bond. Your uh, a man's word was was as good as having it in a contract. Uh, uh, you you tell somebody something, you seal it on a handshake, and that's it. Uh, but nowadays, you, you can't trust anything anybody says because they'll, they'll tell you anything you want to hear uh, just to appease you and, and then turn around and do another. Um, and this, uh, I, I could get on a whole other tangent about uh, heady uh, or reckless people. Um, we've, we've got uh, uh, worship now that we, we attribute God to recklessness. God is not reckless. Uh, God understands everything he is doing. He is not thrown off by anything. Uh, it is not reckless for him to leave the 99 and go after the one because he doesn't leave the 99 to uh, be abandoned and struggle in the wilderness. He leads them beside still waters and green pastures, a place of safety. Uh, but I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get on that soapbox. We're going to keep going. Uh, people who, who love their, their own self-pleasure more than they love God. Uh, who are, are are chasing after anything that they can uh, that that is ungodly, and they're having a form of godliness. They they're they're doing real good at putting on the show. We've learned how to do the church thing. We've learned how to talk it. We've learned how to make it look good. We've learned how to uh, uh, how to uh, draw in a crowd. But when it comes to the power, 
We deny it. When it comes to the power, what is the power? The power is the Holy Spirit. So that means that we have plenty of places that that have uh, walls and and seats and and pretty decorations and lights and smoke machines and uh, do real good at putting on a concert. But when it comes time for power, instead of power, we get a pep talk. Instead of power, we get primed up. We get pumped up. We get motivated. And I'm not telling you that it's bad to be motivated. There are times we need to be motivated. But what we need to be motivated by is the word of God through his spirit, not by the emotion of man and someone being able to pluck your heartstrings and and turn you uh, into to being at a pep rally. So, so what we're seeing nowadays is so many churches have defiled the pulpits of God because they have started chasing after money. They have started serving mammon rather than God. And, and now they have this form of godliness. It looks godliness. It, it looks like church. It sounds like church. It, it, it seems like it. They're going through the routine of it. But when you get to the meat of it and you, you pull the, the curtain back, you find out that there is no power there because they deny the Holy Spirit. They don't want to see it working. They figured out how to, how to fit God in their man-made box and they want to keep him there. And when people come into the house, they'll sell the dove. And that brings me back to our scripture out of Matthew 21, here where we see that Jesus goes into the city and the first place he goes to is the temple. The very first place he goes to 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 bring a change is the temple of God because judgment starts in the church. Judgment starts in the house. Judgment will come to us first. Why? Because we know the word. We, we, We know what is right. And, and judgment takes place to see what are you doing with what you know as truth. Are you obeying to what, what the Bible says? Are you listening to what God says? Are you following what God says? Or are you choosing to do what fills your church house up? Are you choosing to do what makes you feel good? Are you choosing to chase what makes you happy instead of what makes God happy? Because I got news for somebody, and you might not like to hear this. God is not looking to make you happy. I'll just say that right there. Uh, He's not looking to make you happy. He's looking to cleanse you. And that means that sometimes your flesh is going to be upset. That means sometimes that your your fleshly heart, your fleshly desires, your emotion is going to run wild and out of control. Jesus said he come to give life and give it more abundantly. He didn't say I come to to let you be happy all the time. No, we we know life is all sorts of things. Life is happy. Life is sad. Life is fun. Life is joyful. Life is filled with sorrow. Life is filled with moments of doubt. There are valleys. There are mountaintops. But I'm 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 thankful to know that we get to experience that in abundance, and that we don't have to give in in the moments where we are in despair, in the moments where we have to question, in the moments where we we are going through a battle. A battle or a valley because we can trust in the one who said I've already given you victory that all we've got to do is get back to his word get back to his spirit and be set free but here we see that 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 they were in the temple and and they had the doves in cages they were selling the doves to people they figured out a way to do it that they thought was better they didn't want to go through the process of the 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 sacrifice they didn't want to have to go through the whole routine they said well we can we can we can mitigate this process and we can make money off it in the meantime oh my god my god there are so many church houses that are looking for 
for, for you, you to put your money in the offering plate and then you'll get a good prophecy. You'll get a good word as long as you as long as you're paying your tithes. And oh, hallelujah. I've got news for you. God does not need your money to continue being God. However, he does tell us in his word that we are to sow into the storehouse, that our tithes belong to him. It all belongs to him. He wants to know what we're going to do with what he has already gave us. Are we going to be faithful and, and be obedient to what he tells us? And, and, and if we choose disobedience, it's not that he has to stop being God. Oh, oh I can't afford to, to bless this one out. No, because the earth is his and the fullness thereof. In fact, the Bible says that the wealth of the, the wicked has been stored up for the righteous. So what, what, what it is, is that when God sees that you are obedient in your giving, obedient in, in what he has already gave you, then it's that obedience that is better than sacrifice. It's that obedience that says my faith is working. My faith is in action. So God, I need you to respond because if you can be faithful in your giving, because man made money, money is the absolute least most important thing in the kingdom of God. Because God doesn't need it. You get to walk on a street made of gold. Why in the world would he need your money? So it's the absolute least most important thing. But if you cannot be obedient to God in the least, then how can you expect him to trust you with the best? So here we see that the money changers... and, and, and those that were selling these doves, they're, they're sitting in the temple. And the first place Jesus goes, he gets into Jerusalem and he goes into the temple. Why? Because a cleansing needed to take place. There were people in there who had learned how to do church. They had figured out a better way they thought they should do it. They had figured out how to, how to uh, uh, make it look good, how, how, how to go through their routine. And, and, and people were buying into it. People were coming in. They knew they had to come to the temple. And, 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 and so Jesus goes in there to put a stop to the perversion and bring cleansing back to the deep temple. He kicks the tables over. It gets rid of the money changers. He releases the dove. Hallelujah. And once this has taken place, once cleansing has taken place, look with me at verse 14, Matthew 21, 14. It says, and then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. How did they get healed? After the cleansing in the temple and the doves were released, then a healing could take place because there was some true power that had showed up. There was some true authority that had showed up. The dove was released and had now come into that place and had now entered the temple. You see, when when we get to that place where we can stop trying to keep the dove in a cage, where we can stop trying to to. Uh, 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 hold back and quench the Holy Spirit where we can stop trying to say, oh no, God don't want to do it that way. He's going to do it this way because this is the way we've always done it. This is the way grandma did it. This is the way grandpa did it. It doesn't matter. If you will let God be God, he will blow your mind. We want to know why, why, listen, we want to know why we haven't seen revival taking place. It's because too many people are keeping the dove in, in a cage. They, they don't want to release the dove into the atmosphere. They're afraid it's going to run too many people off from the church house. They're afraid that it's going to cause too much commotion. They won't get enough likes on Facebook. Their, their views on YouTube is going to drop. The listeners on, on their podcast is going to go down. If you have the true Holy Spirit of God working in your ministry, then I promise you that he will 
will send people in. Because he said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So if he is lifted up, then he will draw them. He will draw them because people have a desire to be near the truth. People have a desire for what is real. People are desiring the gifts. They desire the authority, they desire a move of the glory of God, but that cannot take place within our churches, not only through America, but throughout the world. That cannot take place until we start flipping some tables. We get rid of the money changers. We get rid of the, the, the routine. We realize that, that God is not always going to, to follow what we want to do, but that there are going to be times where he wants us to be obedient to what he wants to do. And and we can we see that we see that there are uh, uh, churches throughout the world who who get to experience these amazing outpourings, and and you see uh, places over in Africa where where there are mighty miracles taking place, where limbs are growing back, and 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 and. And tumors are falling off. You, you see places in India where, where, where God is, is, is physically restoring someone's body. And, 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 and these miracles taking place all over these countries. And then we look in America and we see spurts. Spurts of revival. Two or three nights here. Spurts of an outpouring. And, and people talk about it a little bit and then it kind of falls by the wayside. Why? Because so many are ready to shut down the move of God and label it as fake, label it as heresy, label it as not real because it pushes them out of their comfort zone. It pushes them uh, uh, to, to realize that, hey, I don't know it all. That sometimes you've got to trust in God and rely on God and realize that, that you might not have it all figured out. And so we don't see these great outpourings because the passion of the leaders in our churches has begun to die. We need, we need people whose passion has, has shifted from God and turned into a passion of money uh, uh, to step aside and allow God to raise up some people who have a true desire to see change, who have a true desire to see an outpouring. Paul tells Timothy, he says, from these people, stay away from them. Stay away from them. They don't want anything to do with God. They're, all they're wanting to do is please their flesh. Stay away from them, Timothy. They, they don't have anything to do with, with what's true, what's right, what's holy. He, he tells them, he said, just stay away from them. Because, because there's nothing there for you. It, it, you'll find out that the longer you, you hang around people that you're not supposed to be around, the more uh, you, you will find it a struggle to continue in your daily walk. Why? Because, because when, when, when somebody else cannot uh, walk at the same level you're walking at, they don't want you at that level either. They want to hold you back to where they are. When they spend their life with a dove in the cage, in, instead of uh, allowing him to be released and do what he wants to do, then they expect you to put your dove in the cage too. They don't want to see the Holy Spirit working in your life either if he's not working in theirs. Paul tells him, he says, from these people, stay away. Stay away from them because they come in and, and they give in to their own lust. They come in and they, they make a mockery. They'll use the name of Jesus, but there's no power. They'll, 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 they'll put on a good show, but there's no power. That, that in their, the, when, they, when they get up in front of somebody, they're real good at, 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 at the facade. They're real good at, at making it look good, making it sound good. Uh, they can rev a crowd up. They know how to speak. They, 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 they know how to prime you. But when it comes down to the walk, there is no power. You don't see divine healing. 
You don't see divine miracles. You might hear a prophetic, I'm using them quotations, a prophetic word. You might hear something that'll make you feel good. They might be able to even tell you where you grew up, who your mommy and daddy is, but you don't see any evidence of the divine. Why? Well, the seven sons of Sceva, we know that, you know, they saw what Paul was doing, what Jesus was doing. And, and they said, you know what? We, uh, we're going to try that. They're, Paul's laying hands on people and uh, devils are fleeing at the name of Jesus. So they went around, but they, they, they were speaking the name of Jesus, but they didn't have power. So what happened when they laid their hands on those who, who needed delivered? Well, there was no Holy Ghost. There was no gift working. So just because they were going through the motions, those demons begin to speak to them. And they, they say, well, well, Paul, I know. And Jesus, I know. But who are you? And, and left the bodies they were in and fled onto them. So you've got to be careful that, that when you align yourself with a place where there is no power working, you're going to wind up packing everybody else's mess, everybody else's junk, instead of walking in freedom, walking in victory, walking in deliverance, because that stuff only comes by the power of the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus Christ. So the first thing Jesus did was go to the temple because that's where judgment starts first. Church, it's time that we, we wake up, we, we pray for discernment, and that we don't be afraid to pray. We don't be afraid to tarry. Sometimes a little 30-second prayer won't get it done. Sometimes we've just got to pour everything we have out. But we have so many who have grown accustomed to Going to the temple where the Holy Spirit is only allowed to do so much, where he has been limited, where he's been caged. And, and we don't see these great outpourings because when they see the outpouring start, they see that someone has opened the cage up and that the dove is about to be released. They want to run and shut the door back. So I, I would encourage you today to pray for discernment. Pray for boldness. Pray for the Spirit of God to fill you, to fill your life, that you receive the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongue. See, we, we, we've been seeing such an outpouring on what, it seems like such an outpouring on, on children lately because they have a desire and they don't know how to cage the dove. So God can do what he wants to because they, they're not limiting him. So we have to allow him to take us back to the place where legalism and our man-made doctrines can be wiped away and we can get back to the basics with God. I hope this word has blessed you. I hope it encourages you. I hope there is something that you take away with this. And remember that God is alive. The Holy Spirit is still active and still moving. And he is here for you if you will receive. God bless. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Preserving Pentecost. If you would like to partner with our ministry and become a kingdom building partner, please contact us at davisministriesfam at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash davisministriesfam. 
Be sure to check out our new website at davisministriesnb.org. Until next time, stay blessed.